All right. Hey, y'all. Welcome to Ronnie Talks Podcast. Listen, for those who are tuning in, this is my first time ever going live. So it's going to be trial and error. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do this like we're doing like a real podcast, but we live. This is my first time. I'm scared. I'm nervous. But all right. So welcome to Ronnie Talks Podcast, honey. How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, I know we all are feeling some type of way right now, especially with what's going on in the world. All right, so to t- the topic for this episode, which is episode number six, is called Can't Keep the Black Man Down. And as you all know, this episode has been inspired about, well, inspired by George Floyd, who is a black man who was murdered in Minnesota by some police officers. Now, just to give like a small disclaimer on that, I did not watch the video and I didn't read into all of the facts of the case because personally, I don't like to watch videos as such because it cuts me very, very deep. And in my career field, I don't like to add on to the things that I see on a daily basis. And a black man just getting murdered senselessly by an officer, it cuts me deep. And it's one of those things I don't want to have in my memory. I don't want to have to close my eyes at night and think about it. Because if you are in law enforcement, you know, sometimes these things, they play in your head (laughs) continuously. Depending on how severe it was, it's going to play in your head regardless, okay? So that was my disclaimer. I did not watch the video, but I did see the clips. I did see some clips of it. And I did hear about, you know, some of the things that George Floyd said prior to him taking his last breath, okay? Because we all know he was screaming that he can't breathe. He wants his mom. He wants some water. And those officers didn't do any of those things. Now, okay, granted, you can't you can't get his mama, but damn, you can call for EMS, right? Uh, clearly, you can get off his neck, okay? So I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself. But just to give up the few things I know about the case was... Um, the officers responded to that location because apparently it was a suspected check forgery type of situation that George Floyd was into. Okay, I don't know. But in, another disclaimer, I'm in my office at home. So if you hear somebody talking, that's my baby Jace. Ignore him. Okay. So with that being said, here he is at the door. Daddy! Okay. <laughs> so, Daddy. yes. forgery type situation where George Floyd was was into and law enforcement was called fast forward he was in handcuffs face down on the cement there was an officer with his knee kneeling down on his neck with his hands in his pocket and he was just chilling while this man is clearly begging for his life and the officer didn't do anything about it and then George Floyd died so this is where we this is where we are now now I do know that the officers that responded to that call who was standing around were fired and i also know that the officer who was kneeling on his neck was actually charged with third degree murder now that's all i know but we're gonna get into it um 
prior to this incident, we have had a, a lot of cases where black men were killed by police officers who were either unarmed or who, you know, wasn't even doing anything to get to get killed, anything worthy of getting murdered by a police officer. And prior to George Floyd incident blowing nationally, um, there was also another incident where Ahmad, who was in Georgia, who was just jogging in his neighborhood, who was shot and killed by an ex-cop, which was a white man as well. Like, it's like a never-ending cycle. And we're in an uproar right now because we're trying to figure out, okay, when is this going to end? When is it going to stop? Like, when? All right, so some of you also don't know that like two weeks ago, maybe even three, in North Charleston, there was another incident in which the police officers who were white had a black man handcuffed into a hotel who actually jerked him up, put him in a chokehold, and the use of force was unnecessary for that one as well. That didn't get as much attention because right now we're going through the George Floyd incident, and plus this man didn't die. But it's, it's still a apparent situation where the chief is supposedly handling that situation as well. Now, right now we're going through the protests and the riots and the burning of the buildings and the, and the posts that everybody is doing on social media. And if you ask me if I think it's necessary, me being a law enforcement, that's, that's, the, that's the perspective I'm gonna speak from today, as well as being a black woman. Um, we have the protests, we have the riots, I feel as though it's very, very necessary. You know, we have some we have some officers and we have some white people who feel as though, oh, they're burning down our buildings, they're burning up their community, they don't care about their community or whatever. And we have some officers who is like, that's so stupid of them. What is that going to solve? That's that's not going to do anything. They're just wasting their time. They're messing with the community. And my my opinion is hell. No, they're not. Burn it. Listen, if it's if it was my son, I'm just being honest now. We, like I said, Ronnie talks. We keep it real, live, and raw. Okay. If it was my son who was senselessly killed by a police officer, a white police officer, it don't even have to matter the color. But period. If it was my son, my nephew, whatever, husband, father, I want y'all to burn the damn city down. Because the shit is, is happening way too much. And I don't think that people realize that we were going through this for so many years. And I also don't think that they realize that if it was if it was their race that was going through the things that the black people the black people are going through, then they would understand. You know, hell, maybe they'll have justice by now at this point. Maybe they'll have the justice that we're that we're seeking for. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just assuming. So if you ask me how I feel about the protests and the riots, I'm all for it. And I would say, I wish I could get out there and do it with you. But because of my job, I can't I can't interact into that at this time. But am I for it? Yes. And by all means, when I'm out there working for the protests within my community, and I'm, I'm out there, oh, you most definitely should know that I am keeping my eyes open for a lunatic officer to jump stupid. Now, I know some of y'all seen where, I don't know what state it was in. I want to say New York. I'm not sure, though. There was a black female officer. She's also a, a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, where the white officer actually pushed a peaceful protester who ain't did shit to him. He pushed her. And that's when the black female officer, she ran up and she just, she just went ahead and took charge of that. That would be me. Okay? 
Would I, do I care about getting in trouble for it? No. Should she care? Hell no, because he was wrong for that. And that's part of the problem. I feel as though if you are, if you are in law enforcement and you're white and you, you don't feel as though, well, you feel as though or don't feel as though the protesting is necessary or you don't see where the uproar is coming from or you feel as though you just don't care about black people or whatever have you, then you in the wrong career field. Because we're here to stay. You ain't going to keep these black people down. Y'all don't see what's going on in America. Got we got police cars getting burnt up, police um stations getting burnt up. The Target got rammed. Said hell, I wish somebody had got me a bedroom set because I need a king size. So if you if you watching and you had went to the Target down and wherever it was, please go get me a king size bedroom set because I need one. Any color is fine. But I'm all jokes aside. I'm I'm, I'm serious about this. I, I feel as though it's very necessary. And when the incident happened, out when it came to light on social media, I was at work. And I was like, you know what? I ain't even gonna watch this because I don't wanna be at work and end up having a bad day. I don't wanna have that, you know, on me. But when I got home and I saw it, the feelings are just out of control. And even the next day when I got to work, I was like kinda, kinda on edge, right? And the thing that also bothered me was it wasn't really addressed at the time at work. So I was like, okay, they ain't gonna say nothing about this. This is, this is a serious matter, you know? So, I don't know. But here we go. The stereotypes of a black man. We all have our own stereotypes. But the ones that we know of, um, law enforcement officers tend to stereotype black men by their hair. Particularly dreads. They, they stereotype black men by the car they drive, the clothes they wear, the neighborhoods they live in. They do all of these things and they base it off of their... They make assumptions about it, right? I'm just jumping to a different topic, but it's in relation to the whole George Floyd incident. Well, not only George Floyd, but just stereotypes about black men. And these officers act on these stereotypes within their curriculum. And I'm particularly talking about white people. So my question is, why is that so? I mean, I'm, I'm not certain, I'm, I'm not sure, but I see it on a daily. And sometimes, well, I have had a chance, I have had times where I would speak on it or I would become insubordinate about it and end up getting right, written up over the situation. And I'm okay with that because I'm a black woman, I'm raising a black child, and I don't want him to go through a situation where he runs into law enforcement and they do him dirty, right? So I guess I'm saying this to say, my mission in law enforcement is for a reason. You know, I had somebody told, tell me just yesterday, they said, okay, I like what you're doing. He was, it was a black man. He was like, I like what you're doing in law enforcement. And I understand that you're for the people, which are the black people, of course, right? But he told me, because I'm in law enforcement, I'm going to have to choose a side. And I was like, hold on, let me drink my wine, baby, like, I have to choose a side. So you're trying to tell me that I'm going to even have to quit my job and be for the black people or be for the black people. I mean, don't be for the black people and continue working. And I'm like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Do you not see why I'm here? Like, honestly, I joined law enforcement to be someone, like an advocate within the community um, to do community enforcement, to build relationships with law enforcement and police, I mean, you know, the citizens and whatnot. And I feel as though I'm in a good position to do that. So how, how are you going to tell me to choose? And I'm out here fighting for you. 
I'm out here doing the best that I can for you. And I feel as, I do feel as though more black people should be in certain career fields, such as law enforcement, judges, council members, because that gives us a more well-rounded, a more diverse community to live in and to operate in. So I don't understand why he told me that, but I didn't get mad. But I was like, okay, that just don't make sense to me. But I'm not gonna choose. Well, my, the choice is made. I'm, I'm here. I'm gonna do what I have to do to be here. And uh, I mean, that's all I can say about that. I mean, I don't know. Now, do I ever have moments where I wanna quit this? Do I wanna quit this career field? Yes, I do. And that's because sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes, well, most of the time it gets scary, especially during situations like this. Hold on, I'm reading a comment, y'all. I'm sorry. It says, that's the hard part for my people in certain positions having to be tedious on addressing the situation. Exactly. Um, so I do have moments where I want to quit. I talk about quitting. I, I talk about finding me just a desk job somewhere. I talk about it often. And that's not because I hate my job because... If you know me, you know I love policing. I love it. But it becomes hard sometimes and it becomes scary because you're dealing with different people, you're dealing with different situations. And the dynamic that changed my perspective about law enforcement was when I had my own child. And I, I never want to leave. I mean, I'm not gonna have to leave him one day, but I don't wanna be going off the work and I never make it back home to him. And sometimes at work, when we have hot calls, I'm like, oh, Lord. I can feel it in my gut, like, Lord, don't let, don't let it be the time now. Please, Lord, Jesus, let me make it through. I had one the other night. I was like, Lord, my stomach started feeling like knots and stuff. And I was like, oh, Lord, Jesus, don't let, don't let this be the time. So, yes, those are the times where I feel like I want to get out of law enforcement. But to be honest with you, with situations like, George Floyd incident as well as the other black men who were murdered by law enforcement it gives me some sort of drive and ambition to want to stay <laughs> like it makes me want to stay because I feel as though I have a purpose I have some I have something that he's not done with me yet when it comes to this job and I'm gonna be honest with y'all because we keeping it real so if you work if you work with me and you watching this live and you want to go back and run your mouth hell go ahead and do it because I'm about to, I'm about to talk <laughs> now I have been looking for other places to work. And it's because of what I just told y'all. And I haven't gotten, every time I, I go for an interview somewhere, I'm like, okay, you know what, I think I got that. I had a good, I had a good interview, I, I know I got that. I would come back, a couple of weeks later, they were like, oh, you didn't get the job, we found somebody who was, you know, more qualified than you. And I'd be like, well, damn! <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? I, I got a bachelor's degree. I got a little bit of experience here and then. You trying to tell me somebody more qualified than me? On oh, listen, it's it, it been about ten interviews so far, and nobody will hire me. I got rejected yesterday. <laughs> I got rejected yesterday, and I wanted to go and slap that lady because I thought she was my friend and she, I was good on the interview, but she rejected me. And I'm like, here I am sitting here, and I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm here for a reason. I'm I'm in law enforcement for a reason, and. That's why God is keeping me here. He's not ready for me to move on just yet. I have something to do. What it is, I don't know what he wants me to do, but he got something that he wants me to do. Now, going on to my next topic, being in law enforcement and being a female and being black has, you know what, it's hard, okay? 
um, I have worked at two different two different agencies, and it is hard sometimes because if, as you know, law enforcement is primarily white males, okay, and I would say it's maybe like four black females at my department now, maybe more. I mean, but there's not that many. But I'm the only black female on my shift right now. And at my old agency, I was the only black female on my entire team and the only black person on my shift. So imagine how that is, right? You coming to work, it's a culture shock. Like <laughs> you don't have nobody you can relate with. You don't have nobody who you can like talk with. It's just white, it was just white men. I was the only female period and only black female. So it's like, okay, I don't relate. So I had to sit up in the briefing room and I wouldn't talk because I didn't have nothing to talk about. The things that they talked about was just like pointless. And then as I was as I was there for, you know, as time started passing by, you know, I guess it started to feel comfortable with me around. I'm hell, I wasn't comfortable with them either. But they started noticing that I wasn't interacting with the shift and whatnot. So I was like, okay. I'm fine. I used to go, I go into briefing, hear what they gotta say, and I would get my gear and I'd go in my car and I would go out going out to work. And then one day, the white lieutenant called me in from the street and he was like, "Oh, I gotta talk to you." First of all, what you got talking about? Like, what did I do? What I did? So I'm like, okay, I done did something. So here I am in the office, looking stupid, right? And he was like, um. We have an issue, you know, you don't socialize with your shift. You don't, you know, interact with them. And we are a team. We're supposed to be a family. And I was like, this is why you called me in here? And so then he also had questions about a black man who worked in the team, but he wasn't on my shift. He had questions about him. And I didn't know because I, I don't work with him. So long story short, this whole thing became to be me just being antisocial and the black man who they was questioning me about had an incident with a white officer now this white officer was very very i would say very racist and he actually came to work with a trump hat on and stuff like this this how it was y'all think i'm lying he came to work and sat in the briefing room with a trump hat so when you do that you know i ain't got nothing to say to you so long story short this guy end up having a run in with me and we were on a call together and I was like oh lord and I know I'm jumping all over the place but this is me talking off the head but anywho the guy that came to work with the Trump hat on he was a supervisor he was a sergeant right and we was on a call together where these two people was these two homeless people y'all was fighting in the park and I arrived on scene and he was already there before me. So I got there. He was like, put him in the handcuffs and put him in your car. And I'm like, for what? <laughs> and I was like, because I said so. Come again. And I was like, uh-uh. I said, I'm not putting him in no handcuffs because I don't know what he did. No, I'm not doing that. And see, that, that's where people, that's when you start to get in trouble. Even though somebody tell you to do something, you're in law enforcement. If you don't feel as though it's right, don't do it. So I didn't do it. Then I got into trouble with that. Long story short, I got written up for being insubordinate. And then the heat got on me. And I started having a hard time after that. And of course, they all stuck together. They all had their own 
issues, I guess, with black people at this time or whatever. I don't know. I didn't let it get the best of me, but I ended up leaving, and here I am today. But I would say that law enforcement is primarily, primarily white males, and I do feel as though there is some sort of institutional racism within law enforcement. I do. Now, you have some officers who know how to cover it up. You would never even know. They, they cover it up so well because that's just how they, that is what they do. They cover it up. You don't, you don't know how they really feel about you. Then you have some, some white officers who are racist and they it end up coming out once they get into a dispute with you. So then you're like, oh, so that's how you feel. You know, then you also have a, you have some who are just blunt with it. Like the one who wore the Trump hat to work. Like they're just blunt with it. And the thing about it is they're secure because they know nobody's going to say nothing to them. They know it's not going to be addressed. Why? Because some of the people who are in higher positions than them, they're friends, they have the same views, and they're content with that. Now, I don't know why that is, but that's just, that's just how it is. Do I think it's right? No, I don't think it's right. But I don't think it's a battle that we should constantly fight within law enforcement because it's going to catch up to you at some point. George Floyd case. They caught up to him. Now, I, I'm not going to say this man was racist because I don't know. But the way he had his knee kneeling on his neck and had his hands in his pocket, I felt like he treated that man like he was a piece of trash. So that made me feel as though, okay, maybe he was Racist, or maybe he felt some type of way against black people. I'm not sure. But while I'm on this live, I'm pretty much going to hit most of my topics on this podcast. Um, it's a little different for me and a little difficult to do it on live versus doing it on my phone. Because on my phone, I mean, doing, just doing my regular podcast, I can stop and <laughs> start over when I mess up. I don't mess up plenty of times. <laughs> but on this live, I can't. So do y'all have any questions or... Anything about what's going on right now in the world pertaining to the protests, the riots, law enforcement, anything like that? Do y'all have any questions? Okay, I'm burning up. Let's see. In your opinion, what should happen next? Are you talking about like with the charges, with the charges of the officer or officers in that matter? Because there was more than one on scene I feel as though now I do feel as though the officer who kneeled who was kneeling on his neck should get charged to the highest degree possible now I also feel as though the other officers who were on scene should get charged as well because like they say when you want to call somebody and it's a bet the officers find a bag of weed or whatever in the back seat and nobody own up to it, and they be like, well, if nobody gonna own up to it, the hands of one is the hand of all. Well, that's how it is here in South Carolina. Now, just like how they say that, since all y'all stood y'all asses around, ain't nobody say amen. Just get off his neck. Or do anything about it. Since none of them did anything about it, they just stood around looking stupid. I feel as though they should also get charged with something, something pertaining to the matter. What, what it should be, I don't know. I don't know I, I don't know the Minnesota laws and whatnot. But I do think that they should get charged as well. I do. And if they don't, that's messed up. Like, that's totally, like, it's messed up. They stood around and did nothing. So that makes me feel as though they were okay with it. 
And that also made me feel as though they done did things in the past that just ain't made the limelight. And oh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, that guy who was kneeling on his neck does have a past. I don't know all the details, but he does he does have a past in relation to dealing with black suspects or offenders or whatever have you. Um. Yep, the hands of one is the hand of all. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like that everywhere, but I do know it's like that here in South Carolina, and they don't play with it either. Since nobody want to own up to it, we all we taking all y'all to jail. And I be feeling so bad, y'all. I be like, man, it's just. Somebody don't want to. Don't let everybody have to go. <laughs> I be feeling so bad. I hate that. But that's the law. So, Do y'all have any other questions? Any other questions? Anything y'all want to just address or anything? Now, the protesters here in my city have, have been very peaceful thus far. They, they've been pretty, pretty peaceful. Now, I would say now last night we did have a few incidents, but Compared to different cities and what I have been seeing on CNN and on Facebook, they have been very peaceful. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. But if they do turn it up, which I, don't, I hope they don't because it, it, it has the, it has the, um, it can make things get worse. And I don't want things to get worse for nobody. And when I say that, I'm really talking about the protesters. I don't want nobody to get hurt. So do y'all have any other questions or anything? Talk to me, y'all. Before I end this live and end this podcast, talk to me. Because I know I talk very fast and I was nervous. I was very nervous on this one because it's my first time going live. So I was nervous. Let me see if I got something else on my notes. I think I covered everything. Do y'all have anything else? Somebody say something. Somebody say something. <laughs> Y'all don't have no questions? <laughs> Nothing? Somebody? No? Well, I would say... In the meantime, if you are out protesting, make sure you be safe. Follow, follow, I mean, try to comply as much as you can with the officers who are giving you instructions. I know here, our protesters were very peaceful. Um, they were very, they complied to the small, the small request that we had from them. Um, we had really had no issues and we also tried to accommodate them in as many ways as possible. And that's 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 what I think that you know the right thing to do. Let them know that we're genuine about the situation, that we're here for them, that we we feel the pain that they feel. And I think that's what's keeping the peace here right now. And I pray that it, it continues to do the same way. I know that while I'm working, I always try to show remorse, show show gratitude, and I'm always genuine when it comes to the people anyway, period. I mean, I'm just saying, so. Is it weird going to work with this going on? Is it weird? It gets, sometimes, yep. Um, sometimes it's weird because you have some people who 
would get in your face and they would say certain things to you. And I'd be like, <laughs> I look like you. Like, <laughs> we're the same people. Yes, I'm in law enforcement. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm, I'm behind this badge or whatever. But I'm here for you. Like, I, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. And just the other day, I'm not even going to lie to you. Just the other day, I had a, I was on a very, very serious call. And this call, on this call, we were, where the guys were saying some of the things, some some of the most hurtful things. And normally, I, I, I don't. If you're in law enforcement, you know not to let these things get to you. But it, also, it almost brought tears to my eyes because they feel that way about law enforcement. Is it my fault? No, it's not my fault. But do I feel the pain from it? Yes, it brought tears to my eyes while I was standing in front of this man's house about to take him to jail. It was very painful to hear those things. And I was like, man, if only he knew. And this this brought this brought a thought to my head where some white officers, and I, I don't want nobody to think I'm racist or anything. I'm just speaking on what I what I experienced. We have some white officers who wants to go who wants to go after these black men for the drugs, for the, the stolen vehicles um for whatever they they try to make big busts off these people and it's, it's something for them to brag about when they get back to the station yeah man i got about so and so so amount of drugs off the street oh yeah i had saw peewee today and guess what i got some drugs off of him and took him to jail like they look for these things guys they target they they are targeting our black men now am i gonna sit here and be like oh our black men are always innocent and they always doing the right thing? No, they're, they're not. I'm not even going to lie. They're not always doing the right thing. But my point is, we have some officers who know the background of some of these black men. So they try to target them or they try to get out with them on every chance that they get. And my, my issue with that is, sometimes it's not legal. <laughs> so that's why I be, I be wanting people to know, black people to know, know your laws, know your rights. Know your right. I'm not gonna sit here and go down on a list right now here in this live, but know your rights when it comes to dealing with law enforcement. And also, if you know that you're doing the wrong thing, don't be sitting here looking all shocked when you do get caught up. I'm just saying. But yeah, sometimes it does get weird being in law enforcement, being black, and dealing with the black people sometimes because. I come from a place where I understand that you got to hustle. I understand that you, you got to sell this and you got to do this or whatever to put food on the table to support whomever. I understand that. And you you have some white officers who grew up with a silver spoon in their mouth who still eat up that same silver spoon from their great, 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 great grandma. But So they don't understand the struggle. They don't understand how hard, how hard it is. All they want to do is get you off the street. That's their mindset. So my point to tell you is, hey, if you live in that life, I get it, but you you may need to find a, another way to get to get the bills paid, to get food on the table, because you don't want to have to get hemmed up and locked up behind bars, and then you're gonna be away from your family for God knows how long. I mean, that's just my opinion on it, but I do understand. I mean, I do. Y'all have any other questions? And I'm also going to say that when I'm not in uniform, when I'm in my civilian car or whatever, if a police officer get behind me, hell, I'm scared too. <laughs> I'm scared too. And I be like, why the hell am I scared? You know, I don't know because hell, hands up, don't shoot shit. They don't know who I am yet. 
I feel the same way. Y'all are not alone. And I'm, and I'm sure other black people who are in law enforcement can attest to that. You know? But the, the good part about us is we can easily maybe like, now I see a license and registration plates. And like, okay, so you open your wallet and you flash that badge just a little bit just to let them know hell. I'm, I'm team blue too now. You shoot my ass and <laughs> get shot back. <laughs> um, I'm just joking, y'all. I'm just playing. Do you think other officers refuse to be ethical in a situation when they know another officer is not doing the right thing? Let me see. Doing the right thing because they are afraid of reprimand. Yes. 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 It happens all the time. Yep. I do. I do feel as though that happens a lot. It does. And... I'm gonna tell you this. Sometimes when you have those officers who I'm gonna call them officer shitstorm. You ever heard that term before? Officer shitstorm or officer fuck up. When they get certain calls, you don't wanna go with them <laughs> because you know they're gonna do something stupid. You know they're gonna do something illegal. And then here you go, standing there. You know what I'm saying? Or in, in, in a different phrase where you know officer shitstorm or officer fuck up and go to a call where a black person is going to be prop, the victim or the suspect or whatever, you know they're going to fuck up. So you want to make sure you get there so that you can be a witness or so that you can make sure they do the right thing. So yes, I do think some officers are afraid of being reprimanded. But I ain't one of them. I done been in the lieutenant office <laughs> a couple times. Why? Because my thing is, you're going to do the right thing. If, if I'm watching, I'm going to do the right thing. And they be like, oh, well, Sankler is being insubordinate. Or Sankler, no, no, Sankler not. What Sankler going to do is make sure while she's around, the rules going to get followed. And it's going to be fairness across the board. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. But yeah, I do think some officers refuse to be ethical. I really do. And I hate it so much. Make me sick. Like, why are you here? Why are you here? But yeah, that's why I'm saying we need to have black people in law enforcement to prevent these things from happening. Now, now do y'all think that if a black person was on that call with George Floyd, that the incident would have still happened? I don't know. I don't like playing a if game, but it makes me think. Mm, how often do we have ethics training? I ain't trying to put them out there like that, Daniel. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know um, maybe, maybe every year. Maybe every year. Yeah. Maybe every year. Um, to my knowledge, every year. But I also think it's something, regardless of the amount of training that you do have on ethics and morals and common sense, no matter how much training that you have on it, some people... Don't have it with you know within them to be a certain way. They don't have it within them to just you know be a genuine officer to be fair across the board. They don't have it within them. So no matter how much you try to train them on it, or no matter how much you give them a PowerPoint slide to watch and sign off on, that don't mean that it's gonna be you know within them. They still have their own mindset that they done grew up with or been taught 
or their own perspective about black people in general. So no matter how much you train them, if they if they don't care about black people or they don't feel as though black people are good people or whatever, you, whatever you want to say, if they don't feel that way about black people, no matter how much training that they have, it won't mean nothing. Because they already got their mind made up. They already got their stereotypes built inside of their heads. They already got their, you know, perspective about black people. So, no matter how much training you get, if you feel that way, you feel that way. I mean, that is how I feel. Now, I don't want y'all to take this live and be like, oh, well, Renisha don't care about white people. Because I love white people. And I think white people are amazing. But not the ones who are racist. Or the ones who are in law enforcement who are institutionalized, you know, institutional like race, races within the workplace or whatever. I don't like them. And I, I don't think that they're in the right career field. And I do pray that they either get humbled or they find somewhere else to work. Because this just, just isn't the career field for them. I don't think so. And while I'm talking right quick, before I end this live, I do also feel as though... There are some white officers who, the ones who go after the drugs and stereotype the black men and everything like that, they, they are also afraid of these black men. They are afraid. And if they take it, they ain't in line. And that's where some of the shootings get, end up taking place or some of the excessive use of force get taken and start happening because they're afraid. They're afraid to interact with these people because they know that they can end up getting their ass whooped without a gun. <laughs> like, they know that. So, my thing is, they probably are afraid because they know what their motives are. And when you come with ill motives or ill intentions, you know that you're going to get your ass whooped. So, they end up doing crazy things like excessive use of force. So, keep that in mind, black people. They're afraid of you just like you scared of them. And my thing is to be safe and try to do the best you can to stay out of the way of law enforcement. Also, know your laws, know your rights, your personal rights and everything like that. And I'm also, I'm getting points coming back to my head. Before I go, I also want to say that I think the, the protests and the riots are scaring a lot of law enforcement officers. Because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's being planned. We're just going with the show, right? And we have some police officers, including myself, who scared to have their cars out in front of their homes. Um, scared to go into a store just to get lunch or scared to go into the store just to get anything because you don't know who's watching you, who's going to try to retaliate against you personally because you were just in law enforcement and the situation happened in Minnesota as well as the other incidents where law enforcement officers killed someone so you don't know who is gonna have it out for you right now I say that to say now and even though I'm in law enforcement I feel that way so I say that to say now law enforcement officers know what it feels like well then again I'm not even I'm not gonna give them that much credit they don't know what it feels like to be black but they do know now the fear that we as black people particularly also with the black men feel when they're in their own neighborhoods and the white cop come into the neighborhood. They know the fear that they feel now. So, I hope they take this as a learning experience. The ones who are still in law enforcement, the ones who are racist, and I hope they're, I hope they're learning from this. 
Although we still have some who's talking shit. But that's that's besides the point. I hope they're learning something from this because now they know what it feels like to be scared to walk outside of your house. To walk into the store to get a sweet tea and some Skittles. And you don't know if you're going to make it back out of the store. So uh, with that being said, I pray that the uproar for George Floyd be a stop to all of this madness and with law enforcement officers killing our black men and black females as well. I hope this be a stop to it. I pray that it does. And in the meantime, don't be silent about it because I used to be I used to be silent about the situation too. I didn't used to talk about it because, of course, in law enforcement, you can't really speak on incidents like this on your social media or I didn't like to talk about it because I don't like to have it programmed to my memory about these situations but stand up if you want to protest go out there and protest if you want to cause a riot or whatever you whatever whatever you feel is going to need to be done go ahead and do it because like I said if it happened to my son I want the city to burn down because hey it is it, we were peaceful you know we don't had our moments when we were peaceful. We we were kneeling, we were just marching. But hell, I guess that ain't enough. It's not enough. So do whatever you feel as though you need to do to try to seek justice. Not only for George Floyd, but for all of our other brothers and sisters who were killed senselessly by law enforcement officers. All right. But in the meantime, y'all be safe and thank y'all so much for tuning into my live and my podcast episode, which is number six can't keep the black man down and we won't keep the black man down because we have some powerful forces behind them all right so then y'all go ahead and have a good one and thank you so much i'm about to finish this wine and i'm going to bed because guess what i gotta do with, I, guess what i gotta do tomorrow i gotta go to work <laughs> i'll see y'all later bye be safe